0: Hello, hello! (laughs) welcome to the Valley View podcast episode 57. I don't know how that start went, uh, but my name is Tyler. I'm here with Matt. How are you, Matt? I'm pretty good. What 50
1: uh, Valley View podcast episode? 57.
0: 57. And I uh, I was just talking about this with Matt before. This is, I I don't know if you guys have noticed that I'll mention when the podcast becomes somebody's age. Uh, so this week episode 57 the podcast and my dad are the same age and next week's episode episode 58 my dad and the podcast will also be the same age because my dad's birthday is on July 20th so happy incoming birthday dad happy birthday Mark
1: Tyler what do you like better odd numbers or even numbers
0: I've never thought about that once in my life I was which is crazy because I tier and rank everything in my existence and I've never thought about that Hmm. Maybe, oh. I think probably even numbers.
1: Yeah, that makes sense because I really like odd numbers.
0: Oh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like even numbers because sometimes it's fun to think of a number and then like divide it down. That's, it's definitely even numbers because my favorite numbers are the ones that you can just divide by two until you get to one. So I like 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, 1024, 2048, uh, 4096, all those numbers 8192 I think it's the next one
1: It's really impressive I, I think uh, about them a lot <laughs> I just like odd numbers because they tend to be really random like uh what what made me think of this is we're on episode 57 of the Valley View podcast that feels like a really random a number. number it's two odd numbers stuck together oh and I don't
0: like randomness all that much
1: yeah and I do so oh, there, we, there we go
0: another way that Matt and I are different
1: episode 57 of the valley view podcast is sponsored by the chicago bears football franchise
0: interesting
1: (laughs) join us for the 108th year of chicago bears football come see our quarterback running back and receiver we have a kicker and a coach games are played at lovely soldier field in downtown chicago there is a lot of public transportation available Most games are played on Sundays, but a few are on Mondays or Thursdays. To be quirky. We play regional teams and teams from faraway places like Tampa Bay and Los Angeles. Ticket packages are available. We accept Visa and MasterCard, wear a jersey or whatever you like, or watch on TV. Chicago Bears football, member National Football League.
0: I feel like we got to be careful with all of these sports references after the sports episode a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I'm sure the Bears would have loved to sponsor the sports episode as it is. I mean, somewhat uh, ironically, they get to sponsor the criticism episode.
0: I'm so stressed about this. Matt told me (laughs) five minutes ago we're talking about criticism this week. (laughs) He told me he's not criticizing me. And yet, yeah, if you do that,
1: it's okay. Thank you. Thank you. So the Chicago bears and criticism probably go hand in hand. Uh,
0: those are probably two of the most connected concepts in all of humanity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, ironically, I wasn't thinking about them together, but maybe it was subconscious. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well let's dive in and then we're going to get to second Timothy today as well. But um, I wanted to choose a topic that I thought our listeners will really be able to get into and um, have a personal stake in because we all get criticism and, uh, so we'll talk about a few things related to that. So let me just ask you first Tyler, how do you feel about criticism?
0: Uh I mean I don't like it. <laughs> do
1: you ever do you ever get it?
0: Do I ever get criticized? Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you typically respond to criticism? So let, let's let's make this really specific, okay? Okay. You do a youth event and then the next morning you get um, an email where someone is a little bit critical of, you know, the way that something happened or shook down, you know, at the the youth event and um, maybe suggesting that, you know, your leadership or your planning or something you did maybe wasn't quite up to the standard they wanted to see or whatever. Yeah. Um, It feels like it's uh, a criticism directed at you. Um, Right. So you close the email and what are you thinking about? Well, mm-hmm. I probably respond to the email
0: and say like, oh, thank you. Uh, do you wanna meet up and talk more about it? Hmm. And, then, and then after I send the email, then I close the email and uh, I try to figure out how to you know, address it so that hmm. that criticism does not come again hmm. because the problem is resolved. How
1: are you feeling personally?
0: Uh, like a failure. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I tend to, I tend to be that way too. Um, How do you deal with it? Do you just uh, seek out someone to talk, talk with about it or you just kind of stew on it all day? Uh, Do you pray about it? What, how, what are your coping mechanisms for criticism?
0: Um, I mean, a lot of times I'll like talk to Emily or Justin or someone and like <laughs> by the way
1: our, our listeners may not know who justin is. is justin a friend of the show
0: justin is my best friend okay. i don't think he's ever listened to an episode of the podcast though <laughs> um no um i probably talked to like emily or justin and explain mm-hmm. all of the reasons why the criticism is dumb um <laughs> and then also during that stream of consciousness explain that it also makes sense like i understand but it's dumb um unless it's not dumb. And then I'm just like, yeah, I actually, I'm just a failure.
1: Do you think you're able to accurately divide um, criticism that you think is unwarranted from that, which is
0: yeah. be warranted? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's a lot easier when I don't think it's warranted. Yeah. If, if like, yeah, if somebody emails me and says, Hey, this thing was done this way and it was terrible and I hated it. And these are all the reasons why it's awful. But i i know that the way i did it was good or at least acceptable and uh-huh. the person either doesn't know what they're talking about or just has a different philosophy than me that they think is correct uh-huh. that's super easy. like i don't have a problem with that yeah it's only when i know i did something wrong or i'm it's brought to my attention but i did something wrong and it's uh-huh. like actually wrong then i feel really bad about it
1: uh-huh. yeah well let's do something helpful for a change on the Valid view podcast
0: first time yeah and trying new things over a year so share this.
1: share with us since, since this is in reference to no particular thing just share with us um if what we can do to present our criticism in a way that is a little bit easier to receive
0: to um, to me or just to, in general yeah, to you oh how to and, criticize
1: and, tyler yeah, well Kind of
0: that's but... you're trying to figure out how you can criticize me. We're going to have a meeting next week and you're going to say, Tyler, I just need to really talk to you. You're going to, you're going to come in and say, Tyler, give a couple of minutes to chat. I'm going to say, Oh no, here we go.
1: <laughs> you use the word chat.
0: Yeah. Chat's scary. Yeah. That's not
1: a good sign. Yeah. I'm hoping that we can all learn like what are appropriate and good, healthy ways to share criticism because there will be times when we'll have to do that probably. So just give us some tips, like what kind of emails or communications, you know, are are helpful for relaying criticism?
0: Um, okay, off the top of my head, I think I can think of two things. Um, number one, I think being issue-focused rather than person-focused is really important, mm. um, because so not, not everyone is as a, like, out of touch with emotion as me, (laughs) like I can receive a criticism that is personal and separate myself from it relatively easily. If I think it's not really valid, but a lot of people have trouble with that. Like I, I, yeah, I would say most people who have a more healthy relationship with their emotions would receive something that's like a personal attack. Mm -hmm. And even if it is invalid, they would still feel hurt by it. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I, I, yeah, if you need to criticize someone, be focused on the thing that is being done incorrectly and not on the person because I mean your, your goal in the communication I would assume is to get the thing resolved that you're upset about mm-hmm. so talk about the thing and not about the person mm-hmm. um and also uh, the other thing is like I think it's usually helpful to speak in soft ways when you're criticizing like um I've heard the like the compliment sandwich idea where you say something <laughs> nice say the thing that you need to like criticize about and then say something nice at the end okay I I think that that's I think that that can be good if you're not so obvious about it that the person can tell you're just, you know, trying to give a compliment sandwich. But I think it it does hit on a good concept that like it's it's helpful to, like I like say things softly, you know.
1: Um, almost almost like so if someone were to write, Tyler, thanks for leading an awesome retreat this weekend, and then make their particular criticism about, yeah. hey, I noticed that this happened, you know this. Caught my ear that's, you know, this is yeah. happening. And then closed with, um, I want you to know how much I appreciate everything that you do. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for giving attention to this. Like, this doesn't
0: mean that I hate you. Yeah. I just noticed right. this thing. Right. They, I, yeah. That's, that's I think, the correct way to do it.
1: Okay. That'd be the sandwich or idea. The, the most
0: helpful way to do it, I would say. Right. Because be- it protects. Oh, go ahead. Well, but Yeah. Because then the person is not distracted by what they feel is like a personal attack mm-hmm. and can focus on the issue, which again, I would assume is what you want. If your goal is to attack the person, then, I mean, that's a different discussion, right? Like then you, you should probably go to their boss and say, yes, this person is doing all of these things wrong and they need to be fired. Uh There's not really any point. If you, if you think that I should be fired, there's not really any point in emailing me and saying, you're doing terrible. You shouldn't be here. You should be fired. You know, you should email Matt that and then Matt can assess it and then talk to me.
1: So should we be uh, a little bit cautious about sending, um, a criticism sandwich because we don't want to do something cliche. A compliment or, sandwich. You yeah. yeah. Compliment. Criticism sandwich. Hey, you suck. I like that one thing that you did, but you're terrible.
0: <laughs> I'm going to start doing that criticism sandwiches.
1: Where the compliment is just on, yeah. uh, buried on the inside.
0: I would never say this to your face because I despise you, but I actually think you're a really nice guy, but again, you are the worst.
1: <laughs> okay. The, uh, the compliment sandwich. Yeah. Should we like, is it okay to still send those, even though it's a little bit cliche?
0: Yeah, I just, okay. I just, part of that is just my own cynicism. Okay. I think that it's fine to send compliment sandwiches. And even if they know that it's coming, that's fine. Okay. I just, because I'm a cynic, I notice when it's happening to me. Right, You're
1: like, oh, dang, this is, a, I know what this <laughs> is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, hey, Tyler, just wanted to say that. I think you're doing a really great job in the youth ministry. I did want to talk about, <laughs> and I say, oh no.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Um does criticism stay with you for a long time or do you think you're able yeah, to kind of roll off your back?
0: Uh, well, if it, like I said, if I think it's warranted, like if I think I did something wrong, it's never gone. Right. I am also, I mean, the other part of this, like to bear my heart and soul to the podcast, I am probably my the own, podcast. can handle it. I'm probably my own biggest critic. Like I,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I struggle with feelings of inadequacy and failure, like at all times. You do you too? All, all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know that you feel the same way, Yeah, but I do. so it, yeah so I just, you know, you just have kind of the lists of everything that you've ever done wrong. And sometimes it keeps you up at night. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's because you and I are both like pretty strong perfectionists. Yeah. So we feel like if we did not do it absolutely perfectly, then we failed.
1: I guess since we're bearing our soul to the podcast, I should share. um, This will give you some insight into how hard criticism has been for me in -hmm. my life. Like I would get um, papers back, like in English class for instance, and not be able to look at the comments.
0: Oh, and I don't like looking at the comments on my my (laughs) things.
1: And I I think, as I remember, you know, so high school and college, I would look at the grade to see what grade I got. But I think I wouldn't even let myself look at the comments because I was too afraid that it would be critical of what I had written, and it would be too hard to bear. So I feel like just not knowing what was written was better.
0: I would look when I got like a 95 or a 100. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't look if I didn't yeah. get an A though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Cause then you assume that all the yeah, time. Yeah. Like, oh, it must I... be nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that criticism honestly has been a problem for me. I think, I think I have grown and am growing and I'll, I'll tell you what's helped me grow. But um, yeah, just honestly, I think it, like you said, it, 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 tears away at this image we have of ourselves, you know, as kind of being able to do everything right. I am a good person. Yeah. I'm a good person. I do everything right. I have all the right answers. You know, we, to whatever extent, we all kind of have that image of ourselves. I guess maybe Mm -hmm. not everybody does maybe some carry kind of an opposite view where, you know, I'm a terrible person. I'm horrible. I never do anything and we all are broken in different ways, but for me, this has been a hard thing to work through um, getting criticism. But I tell you what's what's helped me is um, recognizing from the scriptures hmm. that Jesus received criticism.
0: That's funny. I was going to bring it full circle and bring it back to the Bible, too. You can do yours first, though.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, um, you know, the, the passage that stands out right away is, you know, is John 11, where he gets kind of this veiled criticism Um, that I think most pastors can relate to. He gets it. the same exact comment from two different people, Martha and Mary, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Yeah. Um, Which...
0: If you were better at your job, this thing would have happened differently. Yeah,
1: exactly. If you cared more, if you prioritized your time better, um, this thing would not have happened in my life or I would not be feeling horrible. And I, I read... Some may have a different read or interpretation of those. I read those more as a veiled disappointment or criticism, mm-hmm. maybe not even veiled, but right. <laughs> not as statements of faith. Like if you would have been here, my brother would not have died because I know that you can heal him. And like, I don't think it's a... That might be like the fastest a, you've talked on the podcast. <laughs> more of a, a disappointment, huh. right? And so even Jesus received criticism and in the passage we just that I just preached from this past Sunday like calling Jesus a a glutton uh, a drunkard friend of sinners because of the way he was doing ministry that's a criticism Mm -hmm. you know that's an attack on his on his person for the way he's doing things and so what that's taught me is that you can do everything right you can be perfect sinless do everything right and still still receive criticism right Yeah. And you can do everything wrong and get criticized for that. Yeah. So you can do everything right and get criticized. You can do everything wrong and get criticized. So we should just accept the fact that criticism is part of life. Mm -hmm. And um, it was even part of the life of Jesus. And so that means I can have fellowship with him over that Mm -hmm. because he knows what it feels like. And I can also um, just bear in my soul that it doesn't mean anything eternally awful about me just because I get criticism Mm -hmm. Because it's common to everyone, and it was even common to Jesus. So where do you where do you go oh, um, scripturally to think about the issue? Well, I was just thinking <clears> about, <throat> I, that's
0: not really the same direction that you went. Um, I was just thinking about how, um, to, to bring it full circle, like criti- criticism hurts, and I, maybe I don't know where I was going, but the, the, the point I was going to make was that, like, this is why the gospel is offensive, because the gospel is criticizing you. Mm. you know like, like 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 i mean the there's the passage from paul i think it's first corinthians one where he talks about how the gospel is like foolishness to jews and a stumbling block to greeks but to those who are being saved it's, it's the power of god yeah. um like the the gospel at its core is telling you that you are doing everything wrong like you, you are living wrong and you need to change how you live yeah. which is like hard to take i mean i i was listening to a guy who's not a christian one time and he started ranting about Christianity and he's like, yeah, you know what the biggest problem with Christianity is just telling me, I always have to be sorry. Like, I don't want to be sorry all the time. Like I don't need to be sorry. Nah. And again, like it makes sense, right? It's like it, the, the idea that that dude needs to be sorry all the time is foolishness to him mm-hmm. or, or it's a yeah. stumbling block to him. <clears throat> um, so that was all I was going to do with it. Mm-hmm. Yours was more profound. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Do you feel like um, your experience in being criticized from time to time and how you handle it, you know, your own criticism experience, has that changed the way that you handle the idea of criticizing other people? Um, what? Or so, <laughs> so, you know, being aware of how you handle criticism and how difficult it is for you, um, how do you treat other people? Oh. like, do you feel like you're a critical person? Do you feel like you purposefully avoid that? And how do you communicate it? Like, what do, what do people see from Tyler Magnuson in terms of criticism?
0: How I feel about criticism doesn't influence the way that I treat other people a whole lot. Uh, Emily actually hates this uh, because I, like I said, I'm like my own biggest critic. Um, and yet I don't, I, I've actually worked really hard in my life to not apply the standards that I have for myself to other people because mm. I don't think that's fair. Mm um yeah yeah, and I don't think it's fair I mean Emily firmly believes that it's not fair for me to apply the standards that I apply to myself to myself (laughs) um but no I mean I I um I always just assume that I don't really know what the person's going through so it's not really Mm. I I typically try to avoid criticizing them yet I also am not perfect in that you know Mm -hmm. like um, I think the times when I feel the most critical of other people is when they're doing something that I know I wouldn't do like something that I think is dumb and dislike and know that I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean like a dumb example, uh, when I played disc golf, if you m- like miss a shot because your bag was on your, like, if you're like two feet away from the hole and you just have your disc golf bag on and you putt and you miss it, I, we always are like, no, yeah, just re it. Like take your bag off and re it. If you make it, that's fine. But some people that I play with say, no, 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 that missed. You have to take an extra stroke. And I feel very critical of that person in that moment. Like, why are you being like this? Because I think it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, there, there are more real examples, but I figured a, a, a laid back example might be good. <laughs>
1: yeah, I appreciated that one. Uh-huh. That's good. Okay.
0: So that's when I feel the most critical of other people when, when they're doing something that I think is ridiculous. And I think that I would not also be guilty of. What's that? I mean, that could be self-righteousness too. So not Ooh. perfect, but.
1: Anything you want to ask me about criticism?
0: Not really. I want to okay. talk about second Timothy. Okay.
1: All right. Let's talk about second Timothy, by the way. And it's kind of a good segue because Paul got criticism too. We didn't talk about that. I mentioned Jesus as an example, but you know, Paul was, you know, thought of as, you know, uh, a poor speaker yeah you know he his appearance was not impressive he was not an impressive he was speaker. not one of the
0: super apostles
1: yeah he, he preached for free yeah and so the somehow, Corinthians got mad about that yeah they got mad about that just because like well you know anybody that preaches for free must not be any good like if you were good you'd be able to yeah make a you
0: wouldn't be making tense
1: yeah. yeah yeah exactly So one thing that I love about Paul is that he, uh, he just says, Hey, if I have to boast, I'm going to boast about the things that show my weakness. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. I mean, I, I just so wish that I could be there and part, it's part of the sanctification process, but Paul was comfortable enough to just recognize he was not impressive in a worldly way. Right. Well, and
0: everything that was impressive about him, he counted as lost. That's like really cool too. Great. I mean, it's Philippians three, where he talks about like, I had all these, I actually have all these things going for me. Like I'm a Jewish person, like talking to Jews. Like I'm a Jewish person. I'm actually born Jewish. i like a lot of you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a Pharisee, which means that I follow the law perfectly. Like none of you can say anything wrong about me. And yet all of that is lost. Like I consider that absolute trash compared to knowing Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- that stuff that he could have boasted in. Yeah. He just considered rubbish. Yeah. Scubala. There's our word. Hey, don't swear. <laughs> so Paul writes this second letter to Timothy maybe feeling the weight of all that criticism maybe, at this so, point. maybe so this is probably the last letter he wrote before he died it's a super encouraging letter like really i, I mean for Timothy, <laughs> that's not how i would describe it okay well i'll make my case for it and then you can make your case for okay. no. it. D-
0: well maybe you're right i just think he sounds really weary in this letter
1: yeah oh i think that's probably true also I, so here's what i mean though by super encouraging i mean that I, as I read the letter, I really see his goal is to encourage Timothy in the ministry. Mm. So even though he, yes, comes off as weary and all those things, which may not be super encouraging in that sense, I, I feel like when he's writing to Timothy, it's, it's he repeats, you know, do not be ashamed. Mm. Um, fan, fan the flame, you know, that's um, in your heart, the deposit that's in you, the Holy Spirit, fan that flame, fan it into flame. Um, be strengthened um, by the grace that is in the Lord Jesus Christ. We could just all of these ideas of keep going, don't give up, um, be strengthened. Okay. Don't be ashamed of the gospel message or of me, a prisoner for Christ. So it it reads like Timothy is a, at a low point. Mm-hmm. Um, in some ways. And Paul as his spiritual father also at a low point. (laughs) Yeah. Also
0: at a low point. Caress my leg again. (laughs) Matt just caressed my knee. No, that was, that was a bump. That wasn't a caress.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think I would have called it a scrape.
0: Yeah. Your nails are kind of long. Yeah. (laughs) So no, but the the reason that I wouldn't call it encouraging is just because like, uh like yeah i guess you're you say that and i see what you mean but it's hard for me to to find a letter encouraging that includes the line i'm convinced that everyone who wants to lead a godly life in christ jesus will suffer <laughs> you know like yeah it to, to me when i read it, it it feels like it's just like man the christian life kind of kind of beats you down sometimes yeah. like as paul's in prison away like waiting to get beheaded for his faith mm-hmm. and he's writing to timothy and he comes off old, he comes off. He calls himself an old man now in a prisoner for Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, says, Yeah, you're gonna suffer. That's part of the gig.
1: So it could be the case that if if you're not experiencing persecution and you're really not suffering, like like our position right. basically, that we read this as kind of a kind of a downer, kind of discouraging. Yeah. But I, I feel like if the situation were the opposite and we were really suffering um, that we would read this as an encouragement because we would know that we're not experiencing anything unusual. That's a good point. And, um, you know, all who desire to live a, a godly life will be persecuted and maybe be an avenue to finding fellowship with Paul and Timothy.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, yeah, that, that is a good, that is fair that I'm reading this in a context where I'm not experiencing a ton of suffering.
1: <laughs> and that's something to give thanks for. Um, any passage that you want to read from second Timothy? Um, You've already mentioned a few. Yeah, I mean, so. it's Second
0: Timothy three ten, right? And I'm convinced that anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer. I just like how real that is, and how how like mm-hmm. how well that confronts some strands of today's Christianity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but I'm, I mean, I'm thinking of the prosperity gospel, the like if you have enough faith, you will be monetarily blessed. Mm-hmm. Well, no, unless you want to say that Paul didn't have enough faith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. Unless exactly. you want to say that Paul just needed to have some more faith and he wouldn't have gotten beheaded.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This uh, I'll, I'll read a section here that someone read for me as I was getting ready to start pastoral ministry, um, because it's an encouragement from Paul to Timothy on the kind of things to um, prioritize and the kind of things to do. Um, this is Second Timothy two, starting in verse twenty two and reading through verse twenty six. And should we just end with this? Let Paul yeah, have the last. Let Paul have the last word.
0: We'll be a little bit short this week, but I guess that makes up for all the thirty four minute weeks. <laughs>
1: God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. It's kind of a downer to end the podcast on, isn't it?
0: Ah, see, I told you there's some downers (laughs) in the book. (laughs) Hey, I mean, we'll see you next week for episode 58 though. Maybe we'll have more of an up, up week as we talk about Titus. Yeah. Titus, Titus has a couple of verses that I like a lot. Titus next week. That's going to be great. We're almost done with Paul.
1: We are almost done. With
0: and Paul. I guess we didn't really let him have the final word. So maybe I'll read the the, the doxology of uh, or the benediction of this book and then we'll close. There you go. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Have a great week, everyone.